I got to get myself together. It's one of those days. It's Hunter and Kush take off. Are we doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's you go. open it. <clears throat> This is a good start. Yeah, it's a great start. Do you want to leave now? I'm- <laughs> you might. Bye, Corona. If the traffic doesn't make you want to beat your head against the steering wheel, Hunter and Kush probably will. 92.5 Kicking Country. Hunter and Kush are taking on the world. The world is winning. I'm Kush. He's Hunter. Mm-hmm. And who's our special guest, Hunter? Because I forgot where she's from, so I can introduce her. <laughs> wow. And I'm the one that needs help. This is Jennifer. Wildflower. Yes. Yes. Wildflower counseling because we need help in Mount Pleasant. I think of Wildflower. I think of the cult song. Wildflower. That's a deep cut. Jennifer's here to counsel us through all these things that we're all adjusting to here. And by the way, if people want to reach out to you, go ahead and give them your number and everything, Jennifer. So you can reach out at 843-597-9994, or you can find our information on our website, which is wildflowercfc.com. Guess who's going? Guess who's going? Guess who's going? I'm going to say Hunter. Me. I got an appointment. (laughs) I did. I had some life assessment stuff. And so I'm going to be talking. Can I say who I'm talking to? Is that okay? It's, it's up to you. I'm going to talk to Cassandra. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to talk to Cassandra because after this whole thing, I, I, I did some assessment, Jennifer, and I was like, I need help. And you just <laughs> you just saw the help that we need because just if you're coming into you just literally sat down. Kush, you brought up the group AHA. Yeah. The song was playing when I was walking in the studio. Take on yes. me. Take the, on me. From the movie Deadpool. Made me cry. Nice. It did. It did Especially not. when they did, oh, the acoustic version? Oh, dude. Like, he goes in. That's all he wants. He just wants to rescue his girl, man. He just wants, did you see Deadpool, Jennifer? I have not. Oh, it's so good. So, like, it's a it's a comic book hero movie, but it's about love. It's a love movie. Oh, hello. You're probably thinking, my boyfriend said this was a superhero movie. Well, surprise. This is actually, lucky you, a love story. Why the fancy dirt suit, Mr. Poole? When your worst enemy is after your best girl, it's time to be a superhero. Cue the music. I've played a lot of roles. Damsel in distress ain't one of them. We can't allow this Deadpool. Nobody's getting hurt. And so, like, it's all about his girl, right? Basically, here's the deal. Deadpool gets diagnosed with cancer. The only way they can fight the cancer is he has to mutate. So they mutate this guy, but then his face becomes disfigured and it looks like a really bad kiwi that's been dropped a few times. So then his girl's like smoking hot and he hides from her because he's like, I'm all jacked up. I'm not Ryan Reynolds anymore. So she's not going to want any of this. And then he shows himself to her and he's kind of following her, taking care of her. Stalking her. He's stalking her. Yeah, to take care of her. And then she finally sees him, and she's like, oh, my God, I loved you all along. I don't care what you look like because he rescues her and stuff. But they play Take On Me, the acoustic version, and there's a part where you think she's dead, and you're like, start crying because that's like his girl. Is a spoiler coming? No. When no. do you think she's dead? I don't remember the, ever thinking she was going to die. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like he's like all into her and stuff. And that, like, that's real They're in love each right other. There. They were in love with each other. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. That's yeah. what I'm looking to achieve. So anyway, you were ta- you were bringing up Aha, and you said the um, second song. What's the oh, second? their second song. Yeah, they actually had a follow-up to that back in the day, which nobody knows except that you watched MTV, mm-hmm. because it was the um, the sun always shines on TV. I remember that song. <laughs> no, and then we were talking about, you said, you said the Take On Me was a happy song, but I don't think it was, because 
same thing happens. The dude gets sucked into a TV cartoon or something. I like thought he that, was already right? in there. And, and then, then like she's bad. He, he reached are... his hand out. She's at the diner just trying to have a meal. Yeah. A couple eggs sunny side up. And all of a sudden, this freaking hand reaches out of a book and come on with me. Yeah. Now, I've taught my kids better, better than that. My right. daughters. Right. If you're having food and a hand comes out of a book and says, come on with me, you say you don't no. Take that hand. Okay. You don't go in the comic Even book. Even though he's you don't a hot looking dude. I get you it. You don't get in the van. Right? You don't go in the comic book. Right. Yeah, and then Duh. she gets pulled in the comic book, right? And then like, these race car drivers, it's a race car thing, right? Like speed yeah, racer. They, they try to fight him or something yeah, like that. Yeah, guy's a wrench. Mean look wrench. Does she pull him out? Well, he jacks those guys up first. And then oh, yeah, and then I, she pulls him out. She's like, See? Remember the guy's going, bam, he's hitting walls in the hallway. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he kind of finally comes through, and he's like, babe, I'm here. Yep. Here I am. Here you are. Let's do this. She's like, my eggs are cold. Mm-hmm. By the way, that was shot at a Waffle House. I bet it was. Anyway, Jennifer. So Are you following the, any of this? The or? most profound thing you said last time you were here, Jennifer, and I've yes. said this to other people now. Yes. Uh, the last time, because it, it clicked, was the no time limit on this whole thing. Yes. And when I say that to people, what, what I'm saying is the last time Jennifer was here, and we're like, why are people so stressed out? And one of the big reasons you said was, was because there's no time limit. It's not like we can say, June 1st, everything is back to normal. And when I've relayed that to people, and I've given you full credit, when I've relayed that to people, every single one of them, five or six people, have gone, oh, Yes. Even though June 1st would be, you know, at the time I was saying it, you know, the last couple of weeks, anywhere, so anywhere from six to four weeks, six to four because I'm counting up. Every single person's like, oh, yeah, that would suck to have to wait six weeks. But if I knew. It would be done. I'd be able to deal better. Not that they'd be perfect, mm-hmm. but that you could look at June 1st and be like, yes. But it's the whole, uh, yeah, it's the whole not It's the Rona thing. is what it is. No, but it is. This just is a manifestation of that because, like, I find myself grasping onto things that don't matter. Yeah. Like the aha video, because I'm like trying to look for some humor. And I I think we've talked about this here at work. I think people are kind of burned out and they're looking to maybe laugh again and feel a little bit better, but yet you don't feel 100% better. I was walking around Charleston this weekend with my son mm-hmm. and it was a beautiful day outside. We walked by the battery and all that stuff, but then we drove, we drove by a couple of restaurants and it was packed. And part of me wanted to go in, mm-hmm. but the other part of me is like, there's no freaking way I'm going here because even though there was some social distancing, in some cases I saw it where it was like, okay, that looks a little too close for comfort. So it's like normal, but it's not. And I think that's a big thing right now is people are wanting the normalcy so badly that when we see people at restaurants, we're like, oh, this is kind of nice. Like this is this is comforting because that is reminiscent of last fall, for example, right? right. That's that's reminiscent of last summer. But then when we sit, sit there and think about it, we realize how much this – isn't going to be the same normal that we classified it as a year ago. Um, and I think that that's the part that people are going to have a hard time with if they aren't already having a hard time with, mm-hmm. because it's it's kind of coming to terms with truly a new normal. And it doesn't mean we can't go back to doing things like shopping or going to restaurants, but it will most likely look very different. You know how I'm truly dealing with the new normal? With Truly. Truly. Available now in citrus packs. Try the lime. It's delicious. That's how I'm dealing some days. I sat out and had some Trulies, but I like sitting on my deck <laughs> and I like being with my kid. Like I thought about going to a restaurant. I'm like, well, I got to pay money and it's going to be a little bit extra and I can sit on my deck and kind of have the same effect. So I'm, I'm really kind of torn in Plus between. Plus you can numb your feelings with the booze. It's truly. Say it. It's truly. I actually can't numb anything with that yeah. work stuff. Well, let me ask you this then. <clears throat> so a lot of people are going back to work here in our office. We're coming back to work for the first time. Okay. People have been home for 60 days, whatnot. 
got used to working at home, maybe waking up in the stewy pajamas, not necessarily having to take a shower that day if you didn't want to, maybe a little bit of afternoon wine, you know, because we maybe probably put together about three solid hours of work and the rest of the day, man. But people are having to come back into offices now. Right. In some cases wearing masks, but I would think there's a little PTSD with that as well, for lack of a better word. I don't know what else to call it, but you had this one life and people had to adjust to it. And now you're kind of like, I like working at home. I kind of like having my kids around sometimes. And, you know, I, I don't know if I want to go back and be under the eye or something like that. How, how, what advice do you give people for that? Well, and I think that kind of in so many ways is is happening not, not only at work, but I mean, we're, we're still going to the grocery store over the past two months, but there's just places where all of a sudden, again, the norm is not the norm anymore. So going back to work doesn't look quite like work used to look like. Like you said, now you're there's more monitoring, there's other things, which are, again, for good intentions, but mm-hmm. still feel daunting, overwhelming, different. Um, honestly, I think that a big part of it for everybody will be progression. And I, I think that companies kind of are being forced to do that in a sense, is progressing over time and knowing, okay, today I can handle it because this is the change I'm going to make. If I don't feel comfortable, if I'm going to make sure I'm wearing my mask and all those different things, you know, making sure that you feel safe too. And it's, it's a really tough balance because there's obviously companies who need to be, people need to be working, but at the same time, people want to feel safe. And so there's all these balances and it's almost like it's like walking a tightrope right now in so many different settings. It's strange because you've seen, like at the grocery store especially, I've seen you know people in masks. Mm-hmm. That's probably the most masked up place I, I go to is the grocery store. And then you come into work and it's one of those things. You walk in, we're distanced. You know, the cubes out there, there are people that are cubes away now from each other, but they're still working. And that's just a different thing. Um, the last time we talked, we talked about language and how to ask people things. Right. So, like, if you're not comfortable with somebody, let's say, like, in our kitchen right now, there's a sign, two people in at a time. Let's say somebody walks in, they just ignore it, and you're and there are two people in there, and you're two people who are, are a little uncomfortable about that. What language do you use to ask that person, give us a minute, without being a jerk? Like, because I'll just tell them to get the out. But yeah, Right, right, right. No. <laughs> but, right. Well, but, that- like, but, but what you brought up last time was certain words that shame is what we talked about. Certain words um, connote. Shame. You don't want to do that. So what kind of... Right. So I think a big part, again, is going to be being definitely assertive in that moment. We're going to try not to go towards the aggressive side, just because, of course, again, especially in the workplace, that's not Mm going to go over too well. But having something that you can just say... Hey, as you see the sign it says here, we're just doing two per two per room at right. this moment. Do you mind if you just give me a second? I'm almost done. I'm just wrapping up and I'll be right out of here. Right. Um, something letting them know like you're trying to accommodate them. You're not trying to be rude, that sort of thing. Mm. But also the fact that we need to respect if other people aren't like maybe the person coming to the room is like, well, I don't care. It's right. like that's that's fine, but please respect that the people in the room right now do care. Because it could be they don't even they Well, you see notice. that right. Yeah. Well, you see that now. I mean, you see people are out and you know, like for instance. Isle of Palms was super crowded the other day. That's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. So there's so, there are a group of people out there that are just like, eh, I'm back to normal. And mm-hmm. it is going to be a push and pull. Plus, I think you're seeing a lot of things like irritability, a little bit of maybe mm-hmm. unresolved anger. Like, I've got to come back here. I really don't want to be back here. I don't feel safe. The company has to do what they need to do. We have to do what we need to do. Right. And I think you also have to realize if you're an employee that your company wants to make it safe for you too, mm-hmm. but they're also dealing with a whole bunch of stuff trying to make it safe. And and it, it brings up a lot of emotions. I feel like people are much more emotionally charged now. You know, we had a conversation with our boss yesterday and he was saying how we have rent to pay. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a lot of people, not that I don't know it because I know it, but you don't ever hear it because things have been going well forever. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, 
we have rent to pay. We have electric bills to pay. Right. We, and it's like, again, you know it, but it's like, wow, we haven't heard this in a while. Mm-hmm. So when you walk back into a business under that, and it could be any business, when you walk back in there, like if you're a boss, and he did a very good job, by the way, I'm not picking on, uh, but what, what are some of the things you have to watch out for when you, you have to relay these messages to your employees? Right. This is important. We have bills. If we can't pay our bills, but there's no better way to say it. People could lo- still lose their jobs. Right. What's a good way? If you're a boss and you have to relay that without making people freak. And knowing probably no matter how easy you say it, one person's going to freak. Right. Because you know, there's always different extremes. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. And I think it's one of those things that more than anything, always kind of starting the conversation with like, your, jo- your jobs are not at risk right now. This is not why we're having this conversation, right. but we're having to be open because that's that's what this business does is we run based on X, Y, and Z, and, and part mm-hmm. of that involves being in person. Um, and in order to pay the bills, we need to be running in order to ensure you have a job. Like I think it's one of those things, it's almost kind of like when you, I think of it when we even talk to kids sometimes or if we're having an argument where you start with the good, you have some <laughs> of the not so good in the middle, and then you end up with the good at the end too. That's it's kind of a similar thing. boss talks to us. Yeah. Are we kids? That's how I, uh, <laughs> maybe. Well, yes, yeah. we are. Yeah. It's like, yeah, when I talk to Hunter, I just I just start with what's irritating the crap out of me. Yeah, yeah. I don't just I, go I don't, straight in for oh, it. Yeah, Look, yeah. Hunter, man, I really like you and all that, but no, I just kind of yeah. And he, well, we do the same. Yeah, but I, I think just having some balance with it, because I think yeah. if it's all negative, people are going to oh, walk yeah. away scared. People are going to walk away nervous, mm-hmm. and potentially for good reason. But again, the message isn't. intended typically to scare people Mm -hmm. it's more to inform them of the reality of a situation and unfortunately again due to the situation that's going on health wise we're experiencing economic effect obviously (laughs) which is affecting mental health in in turn Mm -hmm. what if people get to that point and they're at work i mean is it possible that we're going to see meltdowns i mean you see things uh, there was a thing on a, a spirit plane they were this these people got into literally a fist fight. Yes. There wasn't social distancing, and yet the person was tired. It was a red-eye flight. He asked these two dudes to keep it down, Yeah, and it escalated. Yeah. And it, it oh, told, really? Yeah. Okay. Told, I had not heard into, about into, that. Into literally, like, throwing hands. These okay. Two, and these two guys are beating the crap out of this guy. But, like, what about that? I mean, you're going to have people that may come in and be a lot emotionally volatile mm-hmm. than they were, say, six months ago, whether it's they're having problems at home because finances or hey, the kids are still in school, not in school. I got to somehow educate the kids. I got to come to work because we have a dual income. All this stuff is really putting people in a fragile situation. So, I mean, I, I think it's what awareness and just being patient, even though sometimes because people act out in different ways. I think you pointed out last week our way of dealing with it is humor, but some person's way of me dealing with it may be crying in the office or getting a little short fused or panic uh, attacks. Panic attacks. I, yeah. I've had one. They suck. Don't really? ever want one again. It, they're awful. Where were you? Um, in my bed, Kush. <laughs> and uh, I woke up and uh, I, I thought I was having a heart attack. It was really it was so you, it was you had a panic attack in your sleep. Uh, uh-uh. what were you dreaming? I have weird dreams. I will get into that. But I had weird dreams. This is about a year ago uh, when I was going through a divorce, and uh, I had a couple of things that happened. It was divorce that happened. A couple other personal things in my life that had been going on at the time. And I thought I was having a heart attack. I've yep. never had that before in my life. My dad had triple bypass. So my first thought is, this is so old school. Squeezy! There's an <laughs> elephant on my chest. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, right. I, I didn't know what was... I drove myself to the hospital. They did all kinds of tests. Couldn't find anything wrong. Yep. I'd had a panic attack. That's actually more common than you want to think. And, and just in the sense of people not knowing what it is, yeah. is what I mean. I mean, of course, heart attacks are also real, so, you know, yeah. you got to have that balance. But there's often, I mean, the symptoms of panic attacks, which can vary vastly 
but can definitely be the tightness of your chest, difficulty breathing, Dizzy. uh, dizziness, yeah. um, shaking, things that aren't How comfortable. About short? Yeah, that's hurtful. See? Is that a it's symptom? It's a short choke. N- no. No. Not, no. See, not short is not, not. I'm trying as... to figure out why you are the, you know, short. Why the way I am? I have hurt, bro. <laughs> Unresolved hurt. No, I, I had a bunch of things that I think I had internalized. And I was trying on the outside to make it look like I'd have it all together, right? And I don't, I wasn't dealing with it. I mean, I kind of was, but I wasn't. It was really scary. Cue Cassandra. Cue Cassandra. <laughs> that's why That's why I'm going to see Cassandra. Yeah. No, I think it'll be great. Plus, I'm a lover, not a fighter. It'll be great for you. I love going. I love therapy. I do, too. Do you think she's going to get tired after about, are you tired? It's a time limit, bro. Are you, are you tired, Jennifer? She's on a like time from, limit with this, this, this. Oh, the two of you? No. no. We're, we're no, we, we do it in doses. It's good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, and she'll have you on a time limit. Yeah, she'll have me on a time. See, I'm limit. stuck in this building with you for freaking eight hours a day. All right. So, so, <laughs> so but, but you know, 55 minutes at 54, 54 minutes and 58 seconds hits, and Cassandra's like, "Boop, get yeah. out." Yeah. So, all right, so I need the Cliff's notes. Like, where do I start with Cassandra? Do I just go in and be like, "Listen, this is what happened. I got divorced. I, I want a good, you know, like Deadpool like love relationship notebook type shit." You know what I mean? I can't seem to find that. Why not? What's wrong with me? You know, like. I got to get this moving quick. <laughs> we'll take bets on how long she can just put up with them. Okay. Yeah. You want to okay. take bets? Yeah, yeah she'll go make ahead. It, she'll make it through three and a half sessions before yeah. she's finally like. What's Cassandra's specialty? So she works with kids, adults, um, as w- most of, a lot of anxiety is a big piece of what she works with. Um, adjustment issues, self-esteem issues, some depression, trauma. Hmm. Boy. Boy, that checked all the boxes, yeah, dude. Kush, <laughs> <laughs> does that check all the yeah, boxes? I think it does. I think it does. <laughs> I think Cassandra's going to be right for you. I have no problem opening up about this stuff, by the way, because I think I, I might be joking about it, but I think it's important. I think a lot of people carry around, or maybe even more so now, like anxiety or mm-hmm. self-esteem. I mean, I know that maybe people that were working out and doing very heavily active before this aren't now, so maybe they've gotten a little heavier, except for you, lost weight. A little bit. Uh, gained weight, you know, like that kind of thing. So, getting- Well, and those are like coping skills for people. Having exercise, having like social gatherings, having yeah. other things like that, mm-hmm. that's people's outlet. And yeah. so it's hard when, again, that's taken away. Again, maybe you can work out from home with one of those um, videos that are streaming, but in general, it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. I think that's the big problem. It's really not the same. There's something about being in a, a group or something like that. And and what if your coping mes- mechanism is two buck chuck? We have counseling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like yeah. you know, I, I, there has been a thing about people drinking going up incredibly well, a lot. Yes, a lot. Just, I couldn't even say it. I want to say exponentially, but I figure I, I don't think I said it right. You didn't. I didn't. Perfect. Nope. How did I say it wrong? You didn't. You never left your mouth. Okay. Thank you. Say, <laughs> it got say, stuck somewhere. Yeah, it got stuck there. like peanut butter yeah. back there. But in going back through this whole thing, what are some just key pieces that you would say to somebody just getting back in? And if they're feeling, you know, whether it's anxiety, a little bit of sadness, anger, mm-hmm. what, what are some things that they can do? Because a lot of times I don't even think people want to even recognize that it's there. Right. right. That's the first. And, yes. like, and sometimes you're like, I just flaked out over an email. Not that anybody in this room ever does that. I might have something trigger me and I'm not even sure why I'm so pissed off about right. or sad about something. What or, are you right. telling yourself yeah. when you're walking in? Yeah. Right. Honestly, patience, which you mentioned earlier, is going to be such a big thing. But it's going to be both patience with yourself and with other people. Because realistically, yeah, if you get mad about an email and you're like, I don't know why I'm livid right now, but I am, and I just, I'm, I feel like I'm going to burst, or I feel like I'm going to cry, whatever, whichever way it's going, just being able to acknowledge, okay, we're just, we're adjusting back to 
work, kids going to school. There's still a pandemic out there. Mm. Like there's so many pieces that we're trying to cope with. So this is kind of a silly analogy, but bear with me. So I often say to my clients and most of my clients are adults. So just again, bear with me. Um, If we were volcanoes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if we think about us being a volcano, the lava inside is the stressors that we deal with in our life. So some of that could be stuff from 20 years ago that we've never resolved. Some of that could be stuff that just happened this morning on the way into work, but it adds up over time. And there gets a point where we can only take so much. And when we're about to quote unquote explode, It could be the silliest, smallest, most trivial thing that tips you over the edge. It doesn't have to be the end of the world to actually feel like the end of the world. And for different people, that explosion looks different, right? We'd mentioned panic attacks, tearfulness, anger, whatever it might be. We explode. And the problem is that, again, we might be like, well, that was, and we start blaming ourselves or other people might blame us. You're mad because of an email? Like, okay, you're actually not really mad about the email. That's just what tipped you over the edge. Mm -hmm. And I think having that understanding for yourself and knowing, okay, that's where how I got here. But then, of course, if we step back for a second, we're like, how can I cope and bring down, quote unquote, the lava such that I'm not always on the tipping point, right? That's where we come in with like coping skills, self-care routines, counseling, things of that sort, so that you're not always right on the cusp of exploding. See? Does that make We're sense? Volcanoes. I'm, on, I'm, I'm on the cusp of exploding. Right okay. Now. Did you yeah. see how that was directed at me? I see. He's a little like, uh, like uh, yeah. short and stout. Like I'm Peter, uh, like I'm Bobby Brady and I had the <laughs> volcano explosion in the Brady Bunch. That's an old school reference. God, I feel old. What that about was the you... one Brady Bunch episode that actually scared me a little? Which one? The, the, the volcano tiki one? thing? Was it? Was oh, the little... Tiki Hut? No, that was that was when they no, went the, to the, the island. Simple thing. Yeah, they it was went... a two-parter. Yeah, it was a two-parter. They went to Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, and then they got the Tiki thing. Yeah. And then, oh, am I, am I messing up the episode? Greg... No, sorry. no, you're not. Greg oh. Johnny Bravo, which by the way, Greg's nickname was Johnny Bravo, gets the Tiki, and then it like is possessed and something like follows luck. the Brady Bunch. They start having bad luck. They had bad luck because bad of the tiki. Brady Bunch luck. Did you watch the Brady Bunch? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. I actually did. When I was a kid, that actually, I mean, didn't scare the crap, but I was like, ooh, this is. Yeah, you know, this is the Marsha getting hit in the face with a football. Yeah. This My is- favorite Brady Bunch episode is where I think it was Peter punches Bobby Hinton in the mouth because he keeps ripping on Cindy because she has a lisp. And then Bobby Hinton just keeps <laughs> like jock jawing on him like some kind of weird kooks pogues thing. And, really? and then Peter just sees red, man. And he just clocks him. Wow. Peter. He just clocks him. He did, and I think Mike taught him how to box. Oh, at, yeah. At, at some point, he just, you know, threw him up and just yeah. jack, jaw jacked him. Yeah. Like, I kind of want to do that to all my yeah. my enemies. <laughs> I met uh, Peter one time at a uh, radio thing. Really? Yeah. And um, he was such an idiot because he he was doing this um, reality TV thing. Yeah. And he sits down and he goes, I don't want to talk anything about the Brady Bunch, which is so dumb because that's how people know him. That's how you introduce somebody because you're interviewing them, right? Well, uh, Danny Bonaducci was there too, redheaded from uh, Partridge Family. And I sat down with Danny. I said, man, Peter didn't want to talk about being on the Brady Bunch because it's blah, blah, blah. And Danny's, you know, God knows he's famous for being, what was his name on the Partridge family? Danny. Danny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Bonaducci, boy, he's he's so funny, right? He sits down. I'm like, man, the guy doesn't even want to talk about being on the Brady Bunch. But like, he goes, that's effing stupid. <laughs> yeah. it's like, he goes, that's how people know me. I said, yeah. you don't care if we talk about the Partridge family. He goes, hell no, I don't care. We talk. That's how people know who I am. Wow. That's why I'm famous. That's why I'm rich. You know? And he didn't say it like a jerk. No, goes, but just that, an understanding. Yeah. So in summation, we're all kind of Brady Bunch volcanoes mm-hmm. at any point we could erupt. Now, let me ask you this. This is this is really an interesting question. There are a lot of people out there that are with somebody, right? They have some a significant other in their life. But there are a lot of people out there that are single right now. Yep. 
myself being one of them. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how you'd go about even meeting somebody these days because it's hard. Can you imagine just getting on some social? I, I don't do any of the apps. I don't do like any of that stuff. I don't know how you go about that I now. And then no what about swiping. that kind of isolation where, you, you know, maybe you're living at home. Uh, you don't have anybody. I mean, like, yeah, I and mean, you want somebody and you, you can't like that's weird. Well, and it's, again, it's hard now, too, because it's not okay. even with the apps that are popular these days. You're going to meet at the <laughs> restaurant when there's four tables. I don't know. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's tough, right? right? It's a tougher situation. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, those sort of situations are probably at the time being be, going to be a little further and fewer between because there's just not the opportunity to meet new people in the same mm-hmm. sense that there were, again, like six months ago. Um, in those sort of situations, honestly, I'd recommend really leaning heavier on friendships, family, those sort of things. Just in, Not that you can't attempt to date, but again, it just won't be as easy because people are nervous. Again, yeah. there's just the nerves of um, giving hugs, obviously, things of that mm-hmm. sort. And if we're talking about staying six feet apart and then trying to build a romantic relationship, that's difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would think it's so much different than if you have a significant other at this particular point, it's something that I probably took for granted for a while, but now I'm just kind of going, I don't know. I want to hug. <laughs> well, it's actually, it's very interesting. Not, I feel I, like that's, I want a hug. That's, I, that's something that a lot of people actually are, are starting to become more aware of, at least when I've been talking with some of my clients, is just how much we take things for granted in the sense that whether it is honestly like a, a hug or just being able to um, visit certain family members who are maybe mm-hmm. more susceptible because of um, immune disorders or things of that sort. Um, and it's really hard. Things that have always been and we never questioned are mm-hmm. now things that we have to question every day. Right. Because we had this thing. We were going to go see my mom in the mountains at the end of this month up in the mountains of North Carolina. My wife, you know, Andrea, me, Emily. Maybe Sarah. So there's four of us. We've all been really, really, I mean, as far as, you know, we've been as safe as we can, we feel like. You know, but my, my mom's, you know, what, 75 years old. She's had some health issues. I mean, she's not going to hopefully kick it anytime soon. But, uh, you know, now we're like, because she, she lives in a very isolated area. Right. You know, she can go days, weeks without seeing anybody, um, except for her and my stepdad. And we've been really good. But it's like, yeah, damn, you know, she, mm. Start questioning the things we didn't yeah. question. Before. Am I going to be the key that? Am I going to be the reason that whole little mountain community gets wiped out? That's that's a really heavy thing to say, but I can I, I hear what you're saying though. Yeah, I mean, really, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, yeah, that would suck. Well, that's depressing. All right, I, how do we I, how I do we get some, out of this? I would Jennifer, I would, like now I'm I would inherit some nice property. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to walk the earth alone for the rest of my life. <laughs> Never have another woman Aww. in my bed again. Oh, uh, I know. Oh, I know. Oh. I'm a snuggler too. I like to snuggle. Oh God! I've been snuggled in a long time. Good you, God. I haven't. I want to snuggle. What's dating. wrong with snuggling? I love to snuggle. You can put you, this. In, you can put this in your dating profile. What? That, no, yeah. you can't say that. You can't. Then it's, you're a snuggler. No, nah, I am a snuggler. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I totally snug. I'll little, snug up on spoon. it. I'll snug up on it. Your little spoon. That's yeah. your rap name. Yeah. Little spoon. Yeah. Is there one person for a one person, Jennifer? Oh, is that a, is that a whole thing? Yeah, I guess I. <laughs> I asked that. Like an Outer Banks type situation. There's only one, you know, the one soulmate. What about that stuff? I mean, there's probably many. I can't many? imagine. There, yeah. Like there's more than one? <laughs> Soulmates. Correct. Right. There's not There's not just the one. I mean, everyone has their own beliefs about it. I mean, I yeah. just, it's it's hard to imagine that there's. Just one? Well, that'd be, take a lot of work to find that one person. It would be. Yeah, but. One in seven billion. One in seven billion? Yeah. Talk about a needle in the. 
right person at the right time, too. Because they could be the right person when you were younger or in yeah, the timing. future. What if timing. timing sucks? What if your timing's off? Then Plus, it probably won't work. Yeah, because Andrew and I have always said that, I mean, for the last 15 years, we can't leave now because we can't afford it. I, yeah, right. I still don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I have a feeling that, you know, the only reason Andrea sticks around is like, you're just not high maintenance. It's like, yeah. you know, you give you a cookie and let you go off. You know, yeah. I don't care. I, I, no, I just wonder about that. Like, you know, so there's there's only, there's not, that's a, I'm asking. That. Is that like existential? I don't know. I'm asking the question. Yeah. I don't know, is that an existential question kind of? I mean, essentially, it's like the big picture. Yeah. Because yeah. I hear that word thrown around sometimes, and I don't, I'm not always Soulmate. sure that I know exactly what it means if but, I use it right. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm I just right? asking. I think so. Okay. You think there's just one, or there's like several? I think there's probably several. And then marriage is obsolete. What are we doing? Well, monogamy is not something that's natural to animals. Well, there's some animals that are monogamous, but it doesn't, you know. I'm really setting myself up here. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Andrew, if you're listening, I'm monogamous. Except... I'm here. Except when so I'm up there you? in North Carolina. Except like, when I'm up I there with like you. I'm, I, I feel like I'm Cush's soulmate. She thinks his that wife, too. His wife's hella jealous of me. <laughs> she is. She is. She's a hella jealous of me. We had a date one night. Yeah. Me and him. I said, she goes, what did you do today? I said, what, what did we do? You said date? No, I didn't you, say date. She you, said it. Did, she he, said date. He said date. Well, she, I did, but I was saying what, I was relaying what she, because what did we do? He said date. We went for that it's walk. Okay. We went for that walk. We got a beer. We, that's the, when we went to the pub and got the food. Yeah. And then we came back to my place and watched something on TV. And she's like, damn. She goes, you guys went on a date. I don't get that when you're here. I'm like, no, you don't, do you? So what we've learned is there's more than one soulmate for you. There is. All right. There is. Jennifer, is there anything that you want to add? Because this is a little all over the place, but I think there's a lot of questions. I, I do feel like my mind gets a little scattered these days. It's okay. So like there's there's so much going on. There's so many different yeah. thoughts that we take in during a day. Eat it, Kush. A little <laughs> these days. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, I do feel like a, a, there's a lot more, like, my mind's here, then it's here, then it's here, then it's here, then it's here. Then I'm, I keep trying to focus on one thing. I, I would think focus gets a little bit oh, muddled yeah. now. And oh, that's yeah, okay. Like, because there's sometimes where I don't want to, I like, I'm like, God, I'm so muddled today. And I, I don't want to give myself that break because I tend to want to be more organized and things like that. And I right. don't feel that way now. Well, and again, that comes back to partially the patience piece where, mm-hmm. again, if you're just turning around and then shaming yourself for thinking different things. OK, we're on travel number number 17 now of, mm-hmm. of things that we're thinking about. But if you can just sit there and, and think for a second, OK, my intention right now is to focus on this and you slow down enough to do that. You might get sidetracked. That's fine. But pull yourself back to where you originally were. It doesn't being sidetracked, having thoughts come into our mind, especially when people think of um, meditation, for example, where you, you're, you want your mind empty, in all reality, for our mind to wander is natural. It's just getting back to back to what you're focusing on, whether you're mm-hmm. focusing on your breasts or whether you're focusing on organizing something or writing an email. Whatever it is you're focusing on, for your mind to wander is okay. It's more about having the patience to pull back to what you were intending to focus on in the first place. What if you don't want to go back there because you don't like it not so much? Tough. Th- that's that's <laughs> probably why you're actually then avoiding it, yeah. not just. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't want to go back there. I don't like the email. I don't Wah. like spreadsheets. <laughs> Wah. I don't want to do this. Jennifer, if somebody wants to get in contact with you, all seriousness, yep. and they need help, and I think everybody does, and I think that's the first step in any of these situations, just admitting, hey, look, this doesn't make you weak because I think sometimes people put the therapy thing down and think, I'm 
crazy or people have thoughts about therapy, but it's a good thing. It's, it's awesome. Good. It's a good thing for people. So if they need to get in touch with you, go ahead and give them that. Okay. So we're Wildflower Center for Counseling. We're based in Mount Pleasant. Phone number is 843-597-9994. And what's you- the website? Wildflowercfc.com. It stands for the Center for Counseling. And you can also do virtual. So if you're a little bit worried yeah. about it, you can also do a virtual, uh, which is just as, as good. So, yeah. And yeah. so the virtual is, there is the video component. So you're still seeing each other, that sort of stuff. We just have the screen in between. Excellent. Righteous. Jennifer, thank you so much. Love that.